It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. 5.40 to play. High pick for Hill. He drives to the basket, flares it back to Joe, straight down the barrel three. Oh, Joe, cool, how good are you? 26 for Joe Johnson. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for Thursday, the 27th of October, a live Periscope edition since Facebook Live didn't work today. We'll talk about the huge night of the NBA. I watched a ton of basketball. Why are superstars going bananas in each and every game? And what does it mean to a superstarless Utah Jazz? Plus your questions and your comments live from Periscope on a Thursday edition. It is locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. So glad to be with you on this Thursday. This is Locked on Jazz. We do this every single day, Monday through Friday. It's supposed to be about 15, 22 minutes of daily Utah Jazz and NBA talk, and then it becomes 30 all the time because I can't shut up. So that's what it is. Thursdays, courtesy of our friends at Shamrock Auto Group, we try to go live with you. We usually do it on Facebook. Today we're on Periscope because that seems to be working better. I'm playing with the camera to see where it fits. It also means that I get wild distracted uh, throughout the broadcast because my brain can't handle uh, all of this. On today's show, I'll talk about kind of what I'm seeing in the league in night one. There's some interesting trends that I think are very important. I'll break down a bunch of the games because I watch just a, a world amount. If you follow me on Facebook at David Locke or Locked On Sports or on, uh, on the uh, Instagram, you can see the setup I had with three TV sets and, and everything else going on. So I will have uh, your comments and your thoughts. Kevin Shockey, great friend of mine from Seattle, just dropped me in a line that said Joel Embiid was unbelievable. I also can notice that the questions just come in flying and then they disappear. So I'll have to try to find a way uh, to deal with that. Maybe on Thursdays if we do Periscope, we'll just take it uh, right away and just start taking your questions uh, all the way. In fact, that's what we're doing. We're just blowing up the show. We're going to do that. Turner pick and roll was uh, – Lethal last night. Yeah, that was. All right, I'm not really ready to do it that way. So let's do the program. Today's show is brought to you, as I mentioned, by our Thursday edition. It is always brought to you by the Shamrock Auto Group. Rob Taylor and his crew do uh, a wonderful uh, job down in Pleasant Grove to deliver cars in a pleasant experience. Uh, nearly new cars, barely used, however you want to phrase it, uh, with a great customer experience. You can see it on their Google reviews. That's Shamrock uh, Auto Group coming to you today. And then also Sherlock Intelligence, the big data guys killing it uh, for us uh, here on the program today and bringing you that insight uh, that they do. We'll talk a little bit about them uh, as well on the program today. So those are the things. Also, uh, we'll do pins across the world. There is some uh, opportunity, by the way, if you want to advertise. We have some open spots for the first time in about a month. If your company wants to get in on Locked On Jazz, feel free to email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's the uh, same way 
by the way, that you uh, get to be a part of this program uh, as well. We may, if we're going to Periscope and people like it, I'll play around with this. We'll figure out what the best way uh, to do it is, whether or not it's just to start taking your questions live right away and just have it be a question and answer session, if you guys like that, rather than a regular format and just really blow up Thursdays. Um, any feedback on these kind of new technology pieces, I'm always, we're doing the show for you, so I'm always welcome to have them. All right, let's go to our pins across the world. It comes from Mike Christensen. When I was eight years old, my father left the military and went back to school, which brought us to Orem, Utah. Prior to that, I simply watched whatever NBA team was on TV with various areas we had lived. But we moved to Orem, Mike we moved into my grandparents' basement for a short time. My grandmother was and is a huge Utah Jazz fan, so she converted me. It's always these great family stories, isn't it? Uh, even after we moved to our home nearby, uh, I spent many evenings at Grandma's house growing up as she had cable TV and we did not. From elementary school all the way through high school, I remember taking my homework to Grandma's house to watch the Jazz game. We'd watch the game together. I'm furiously mow through my homework during timeouts. We spent hundreds of evenings that way over the years. That's awesome. Grandma was even known to include the health and well-being of John Stockton and Carl Malone in her prayers back in the day. After college, moving out of state and raising a growing family hindered my ability to intensely follow Jazz, but years ago, the itch came back and needed to be scratched. I've been all in on the Jazz the couple, past couple seasons. Was glad to find Locked On Jazz podcast to feed my daily needs for Jazz news and notes. I live in Twin Falls, Idaho now, and have passed along my love to my teenage son. We'll make the trek to Salt Lake for the home opener against the Lakers on Friday. I love Utah's offseason move. So excited for the season, even with Hayward's injury. That is Mike Christensen. I'd, he's actually in Jerome, Idaho, for his business, and he's in Twin Falls, Idaho, for his pin. That is pins across the world. Send me at dlock zero at gmail.com. Uh, All right, here's what we're going to do today just because it's a little differently suspected. I'm going to run through what I had regularly planned, and then I'm going to ask for your questions. So if you can stay with me for that and then start throwing me the questions, I'll get to them. We'll see if that works. If we need to alter it uh, in the future, uh, we will do so. Glad to, Thank you very much uh, for tuning in. Let's get to our tip-off story of the day. Uh, I really am going big picture here for a second. What I'm noticing watching a ton of NBA, and this started last year uh, as well, is what's happening is no one is leaving three-point shooters anymore. In fact, the opening weekend of the game, 28% of shots were threes, the exact same amount in the first two nights that was all of last year. So teams are, are, are really guarding the three. And so now what you have is you have almost everyone running pick and roll, which has to be guarded by three people to be guarded well, except for the fact that no one's willing to bring a third person over into the pick and roll because they're all spread out staying on shooters. Almost everyone in the NBA has four shooters on the floor, so you have a ball, or at least three, you have a ball handler, you have a pick, and you have three shooters, and no one's willing to leave. So now what you end, the only answer you have defensively at that point is to switch. And so when you switch, now what you have is you have a uh, mismatch of the small on a big and a big on a small. What it's doing is creating two phenomenas in the league right now. One is that superstars are getting matched up one-on-one on players that don't play their position because when you run James Harden off the pick and roll, you've probably got to switch it. When you run someone else off the pick and roll, you've got to switch it. The other thing it's creating is that bigs are getting caught on smalls and the modern big is so incredibly skilled. Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid looked at last night. Miles Turner with his outside shooting was great last night. 
that Carl Anthony Towns was mind-blowing last night. And so we have this game that is now, because no one will leave shooters and doesn't want to allow the three, rightfully, a pick-and-roll game where the only answer is to switch, and then you have these fabulous, talented players on mismatches. There was a play in the Indiana game, Miles Turner catches at the elbow, looks around, and just shoots over the top of a diminutive defender. I think it was Wesley Matthews in that game. It was Indiana-Dallas right now, right? Uh, if you saw my Facebook or my Twitter or Instagram, you'll understand why I'm not sure what game was what game. Uh, and that's where we are in the league. Now, what's interesting about that is it's really a superstar-based league at this point because, as it always has been, but now even more so because you're getting these mismatches. You have a team like the Jazz who don't have that superstar. We have really good pick-and-roll players in Gordon Hayward and Rodney Hood and, and George Hill, but we don't have that same superstar. And the interesting one for us that I think is going to be a huge story of the year is when we run Gobert in the pick-and-roll, he's able to put this pressure on the rim that we've seen. But if Derek Favors is in the game, we don't have the same phenomena that we're talking about, which is a pick-and-roll with three shooters. Uh I, I, you know, we put Joe Johnson and Rudy Gobert into a pick and roll in the uh, with Hill, Hayward, and Hood, and now you've got an incredible phenomenon. You got a four-five pick and roll. Who are they switching? How are they dealing with Joe? If you put a one-three pick and roll, and some of the same ways as what we did, you get the mismatch with Joe in the post the other night. That's those are some answers. But if you have favors and Gobert on the floor, you're not able to stretch it in the same way. Now, the flip side of that is against Portland, who's great offensively. We had the second-worst defensive outing of any team in the NBA. It was one other – I think uh, New Orleans might have been worse last night. Or there, was, uh, I'll have to, there was one team that's been worse so far, but right now – oh, Golden State. Golden State against San Antonio was worse. Right now, we are the worst – had the worst defensive outing of anyone other than Golden State in this opening part of the season, and – What's I think going to be a trick for the Jazz all season long is how do you maintain this kind of floor spacing I'm talking about, and at the same time, how do you maintain what we think we are, which is a defensive identity, and I'm not sure that we have the ability offensively to go be as good as some of these teams because we don't have that superstar. It's a really it's an interesting uh, thing to see. The other one, by the way, is pace. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's any faster, but our game uh, just – last night, or our game the other night, was the slowest pace of play game in the NBA. So that exciting game against Portland was the slowest pace of play of any game so far uh, this season. I don't know if we ever relinquished that spot, but it felt last night as though the pace was up. Now, it's early in the season, guys aren't tired, and it proves to be true. Last year, the average pace of play team in the league was about 95, according to basketball reference, uh, was 95 possessions a game, was the average, and uh, last night, and or just opening week, right, um, the the average right now is 98, so we're up about, really 99, so we're up about four possessions a game on this opening week. I would assume that the game slows down as guys get tired. What you're really watching right now in the NBA is no fatigue, limited injuries, uh, nobody's worn out by losing. That's what's evident. Like when you watch Denver play and you watched Philadelphia last night play and you watched some of these other teams, no one's worn out by losing yet. Uh, and so there's a Lakers last night. There's a great level of, of pizzazz and energy to everything that's going on. 
uh, across the league. Uh, as I mentioned, 28% of all shots uh, are threes. I thought Dallas last night was playing slow, um, and then the numbers show the exact opposite against Indiana, so who knows. Uh, it seemed to me they were playing very slow, shooting a lot of threes. They shot 46% of their shots as threes last night. Right, I want to uh, get to your questions in a second. I'm going to run through all the NBA games that I watched last night, give you your thoughts on those, and then get your thoughts. Uh, today's show is brought to you by the Shamrock Auto Group. They are located out in Pleasant Grove, Utah, 203 North, 2000 West, North Utah County Boulevard uh, there. Uh, Rob Taylor is the owner of Shamrock, and I guess the best way I can explain uh, Shamrock Auto Group and what makes them so special is that Rob's cell phone number is 801-319-2250. In other words, just call him. Rob and, and Kellen and the guys there, just call them straight. 801-319-2250. So if you're considering purchasing a car or truck in the next few weeks or you know someone, tell them to Give Shamrock Auto Group a call and give them a chance. They'll save you money. They'll get you a nice vehicle. The cool thing they do is they, if you have a car specifically that you want that they don't have, they'll go get it for you. Salespeople are, are absolutely fabulous. And you can go on their website right now at Shamrock Auto Group and see the cars they have, whether it's the GMC Yukon, uh, the Chevy Suburban, uh, the Ford Transit Wagon, if you really got a big Utah County family, uh, or the Honda Odyssey. They, they're all 2015s, 2016s, 2015s, a 2012, a 2015. So they're barely used cars. You get at the peak of their value with a fabulous experience. And, you know, what they really are are a bunch of uh, guys are going to try to help you out. They make 50% of their businesses on prior customers. So they're going to make sure that you have, you're getting taken care of, that you get complete upfront and transparent pricing, uh, that you're get the, give it to you door out the door pricing in five minutes. You just ask, what's it going to cost? Uh, and they'll tell you and they'll take care of it. If you go down there and they don't have the exact car you want, Talk about what might be able to, and they'll give, they'll get it for you. Rob Taylor, 801-319-2250. If you don't believe me, search Shamrock Auto Group online and just look at the Google reviews. 801-319-2250. Alright, let me run through, uh, what I think I saw last night in the NBA. Uh, Memphis and Minnesota game. The Wolves are so fast and so athletic and look so awesome and then collapsed. And Memphis wins this game. Uh, there is a two-man game play with 56 seconds left last night between Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol that had me texting like every coach and every friend who's a basketball diehard. It was the most gorgeous two-man basketball player on the right side. Led to a Gasol 13-foot jump shot. It was just beautiful. Uh, Zach Randolph came off the bench last night and was dominant on second units. Interesting to keep an eye on and watch. The most interesting one to me is Andrew Wiggins, who had a big number night, but... He cannot dribble more than twice. Uh, he dribble, He's incredible. He's an athlete. I love him. I think he's going to have a big year under Thibodeau. But if you watch him, he can dribble twice, and then it's over. And what's, what's interesting about it is early on in the game, he's having success. He's going up against James Ennis and Andrew Harrison and some of these guys. And then late in the game, 39-year-old Vince Carter comes in the game, who clearly reads scouting reports, understands a game, got up in on him, made those two dribbles uncomfortable, and suddenly Wiggins couldn't do anything. And to me, that really jumped out in the game last night because what it, it just shows, you know, you hear people say, like, well, what is really the value of the veteran, you know, and all those kind of things. So that was it right there. That's where um, it couldn't have been more obvious what the amazing value of having, you know, a guy who's astutely watching the game on the bench uh, last night. And he... Uh, somebody just on Periscope said half man, half defense. Uh, I, I don't think we've gotten there. <laughs> I, 
Ironically enough, though, what's funny about that is that that's where he is now. There was a there's an ESPN's playing a highlight last night of uh, Vince Carter where he drives baseline and throws up a finger roll layup or throws up a reverse layup, but it's like off the hip and he scoots it up there and he's really not capable anymore of of you know making that big time you know. Ten years ago, he rises up and packs that back over the top of his shoulder, and he he can't do that anymore. Uh, so it was kind of funny to see, but I, really that he was he was integral in that win last night, playing late and guarding uh, Wiggins. I haven't looked at what Wiggins' fourth quarter numbers were or anything like that, but that's just kind of what jumped out to me uh, while watching Dallas, Indiana. Um, Actually, I'm going to look and see if I can get that fourth quarter. I'd be curious. Wiggins was good last night. I mean, he had 25. He was minus seven while he's on the floor. That James Ennis kid, by the way, in Memphis is not bad. And Wade Baldwin, who's like the one player in the draft I liked. Uh, Wiggins' fourth quarter was 0 for 2 from the field. Uh, that's kind of what I suspected. All right. Uh, Dallas against Indiana. My, some quick thoughts on that. Dallas is going to have a tough time scoring this year. And their answer to that is just playing incredibly slow, I thought. The numbers didn't parlay it out. And shooting a ton of threes. They took 48 of their 104 shots as threes. That game did go to overtime. Darren was great. He had 25, but watch. Keep an eye on this. Um, A weird one last night was that he... um, he lost his handle a bunch of times in a way that I don't recall uh, him doing. Dallas played most of the overtime with J.J. Brea, Darren Williams, Wesley Matthews, Harrison Barnes, and Dirk as your five. So they were they were really small in that game. Uh, Miles Turner for uh, Indiana was incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, Indiana closed with what you thought. Teague, Ellis, Paul George, then a little Thaddeus Young, a little after he found out C.J. Miles came in to play the four, and then uh, Miles Turner. Miles Turner is just, his defense needs something, is lacking, and the number to watch on him a little bit will be assists. He had one in 38 minutes last night. He just doesn't look to pass, but he was plus 25 last night in 38 minutes on the floor. Indiana's starters killed Dallas's starters. Bogut was minus 19. Matthews was minus 17. And Turner has everything in his game. He had 30 points and 16 boards, four blocks. Second-year player, just amazing. Uh, Philadelphia, Oklahoma City was a fun one to watch. The crowd was so into it. Oklahoma City and Westbrook is just a man of record. How he's going to be able to maintain this for 82 games, I have no idea. And Embiid is absurd. He played 22 minutes. He had 20 points and seven rebounds. Obviously, the question is going to be whether he can ever stay healthy. Uh, but he he's incredible. He and Okafor cannot play together. They didn't last night. Uh, they play the exact same spots on the floor in the exact same game. But Joel Embiid is – he reminded me of Patrick Ewing, actually. I don't know if anybody else thought that. I, he, he had a Patrick Ewing element to him. Uh, he can put it on the floor. He shot a three, which obviously Ewing didn't do. It's a different era. Just remarkable. Oladipo went four of 16 uh, in in that outing uh, last night. Let me run through Rockets-Lakers game would be the next one that I really – there's two more I really dug into. Rockets-Lakers, which was just an insane watch, up and down, no defense at all. Hard to even evaluate, but just a weird, crazy way that these teams uh, are playing this game uh, along <laughs> – the uh, 
D'Angelo Russell does look like a totally different player at 20. Clarkson was huge late. He had 25. Harden's the story, though. They're turning the game over to him. He had 17 assists. He did turn it over seven times. He's going to be exhausted as well. And when he's off the floor, they're going with uh, Eric Gordon as their point guard, and it doesn't work. These guys got just exhausted last night. Tyler Ennis is not a really maybe an NBA player. I don't know if that's too harsh, but I'm not sure he is an NBA player. Uh, And so when they don't have James Harden on the floor, they play Eric Gordon at the one, and Eric Gordon just is hes kind of like Randy Foy. Like, you keep wanting to turn him into a one, but he's not. It doesn't doesn't really work uh, in any way. So it'll be interesting. And, you know, let's keep an eye on Julius Randle. He's really skilled. There's a lot of things to not like about him. Uh, he has no outside game. He's the worst shooter outside five feet. Uh, but he can handle. He can. He's an incredible rebounder, and he can do a lot of different things. Uh, and it will be maybe Luke Walton's going to be able to untap something all off season. If you listen to Locked On Lakers and uh, on the Locked On Podcast Network, the talk was how Nance is better than Randall and what. It, last night was the exact opposite. Randall was much better than Nance. Randall only goes right, by the way, and then switches back left. And it seems as though the league has not figured that out, or Houston just didn't do a scouting report. Uh, final one I watched last night was Denver. I was really curious to see Denver and all the talk about them, and instead I got just an insane show uh, by uh, Anthony Davis. And, boy, they have nothing else. I mean, they have nothing else. Lance Stevenson closed the game last night for New Orleans. Uh, Denver was interesting. Denver closed with Moutier, Barton, Chandler, Gallinari, and Farid. So for all the talk of Nurkic and Jokic, Jokic, um, that's not who closed the game. And uh, now, and neither of them, I think, were they started that way. Neither of them were in real foul trouble. But they closed with Chandler, uh, who is going to be important to them. Uh, Anthony Davis last night was absurd. 50 points, 16 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 blocks, 7 steals. I mean, it's craziness. But that rest of that team's terrible. Solomon Hill, Omer Ashik, Tuan Moore, who I kind of like a little. Tim Frazier was their second offensive option. He was half decent last night, but it's not like he just became a starting point guard when he was a third for his whole career. Buddy Heald was 2 of 8. I'm not in, I'm not in love with Buddy Heald. Uh, we'll see whether he can figure it out. Obviously, I could be wrong. I've been wrong on numerous players along the way. I am in love with Jamal Murray, and he was 0 for 2, so we'll see if he figures it out. Uh, but I thought that was interesting that the fourth quarter last night uh, in a Nugget win over New Orleans in New Orleans, which is not a great loss for New Orleans to start the year, uh, but without Tyreek Evans and without Drew Holiday, they don't have a lot. Uh, that it, That's how they closed it. Uh, Jokic played, Nurkic didn't play any of the fourth. Jokic played seven minutes, and then Chandler Fareed played the entire 12 minutes. Uh, J- Mir Nelson was on the floor uh, to try to help out Moutier for a good deal of it. And then Moutier had a tough night last night. And you don't want to get too concerned, but after coming off a terrible rookie year, you had a better second half of the season. Last night it was two of eight with seven turnovers, and the opposing point guard was Tim Frazier. All right, that's what I've got for you. Let's get the questions rolling. Today's show is also brought to you by my friends at Sherlock Intelligence. They do the big data work for us on the Locked On Podcast Network, and I want you to check them out. Here's the deal with Sherlock Intelligence. The world has data. You have to uh, use 
use that information to become a good company. So there's two ways to look at it. You're a mid-level company, small company. You don't have the resources of a huge Chase Bank or somebody or Wells Fargo and all they do with their data and all those kind of things. And so what do you do? I'm just kidding. That was a news story. Uh, so what do you do? How do you compete? Well, you go get Sherlock Intelligence to help you compete. That's that's the way you do it is you have them uh, do your – getting multiple sources of data, bring it to you in that fashion. And then from there, after they have compiled all that data for you, they'll give you a visual picture of what's taking place, and then they'll analyze it for you uh, after that and help you get a holistic picture of what's going on with your company. So there's two ways to look at it. You're the small company, and the big boys have it, and this is the only way you can stay alive and compete. Or two, you're one of these companies, and your field doesn't have it. Go start using uh, and let Sherlock mine your business data to find the patterns to predict the outcomes to increase your profit. Uh, along the way, and then you suddenly have an edge over everybody else. SherlockIntelligence.com. Call 855-339-7774. All right, let's go to the questions. How is Rodney's ankle and hand injury? Uh, I think the bigger question is, can Rodney get through something without getting hurt? Uh, he did think seem to be um, okay afterwards and continued to play uh, and was able to uh, – get back out and finish the game. So I don't think it's, it's too serious uh, in that regard. By the way, does anybody know on Periscope if I can go grab um, old questions? Because I can't seem to find out where they are right now. Uh, is there a uh, – what's my viewpoint of Trey Lyles was the next question that came in. And what is uh, my – I think he's going to be terrific. He wasn't great the other night. A few mid-range jumpers uh, kind of skewing off, not attacking the basket. Looked a little off on that. Portland does some weird things uh, it, defensively uh, that makes that difficult for you to defend or to play offensively. I think he's going to be terrific. I think he's going to be really important as space floor. I think he's going to be really important as a ball handler. Rebounding and defense are going to be the issues that keep him on or off the floor uh, with the Jazz. Offensively, I think he uh, will be really, really good. I I think he's going to be an easy 15-point-a-game scorer uh, for this team. But he's important, guys. He's The Jazz need... You know, someone in that ilk uh, to make that step up. Would you drop Neto for R.J. Hunter or Alonzo Gee uh, or G? Uh, R.J. Hunter, I'm hearing, is going to be close with Chicago. That's the last word I heard. I was listening to Locked On Bulls, and they were talking about that on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, I would not for Alonzo G. I think Chris Johnson actually is the same thing as Alonzo G. So I would just I would have stay I would stay with Chris. Uh, I wouldn't drop Neto either. As much one because I think he's good, two because of his contract, which is cheap, and three because of our point guard situation. Dante, we just don't know yet. Like if we had to start Dante right now, he's probably not ready. Uh, and then number two, uh, Shelvin Max a free agent at the end of the year, and uh, George Hill is a free agent at the end of the year, and so therefore you can't. You don't want to suddenly. Trade Neto, have George Hill leave in free agency, have Mac leave in free agency, and you're only left with Dante, and you don't have a backup. So I, it does, and how cheap Neto is, you really would have to get his value to the Jazz is higher than his value in a trade. Uh, the next question I saw come in was, would you trade Mac at some point this year uh, to someone like Detroit who needs point guard help? Now that's a much makes a lot 
more viable because then Neto flies in as your third point guard to back up Dante. But the problem is you've got to have healthy wings. Right now we don't have a healthy wing in Gordon, and Alec Burks is not seeming to be getting closer to getting ready right now. I don't know what that really means when I say that, uh, but he's in the rehabilitation process. They're taking the long view with him to make sure that his body's entirely right, and I don't feel like he's inching. Like I haven't seen him practice. He hasn't gone through a full five-on-five practice or something of, of crazy like that. He's just kind of going through his regular regular rehab so maybe he's close maybe tomorrow he'll practice I have no idea uh but he it's not as though I feel like Alex like playing tomorrow so you better be careful with your lack of depth if you do that now if you get a wing back or something you know what else what does our roster need would be the other question what is it that you're trying to add uh to the question can you introduce me to Joe Ingles now this is either coming from a woman who's interested in meeting Joe which is a really fruitless venture because Joe is um got Renee is the most awesome woman in the world. He couldn't be more blissfully in love. And um, then in, in, and you have bad intentions. Or this is a really smart male or female who just wants to hang out with Joe Ingalls. And absolutely, we should all be introduced to a Joe Ingalls in our lives who can hang with us, chill with us, rela- make us laugh, and is just a fun dude. The only thing is you better have thick skin because he's always, he's always getting on you. Um, the, uh, uh, for example, I'm wearing what I thought was a pretty nice blue suit with kind of a nice tie, a tie that was given to me some really close friends who uh, I always wear on opening night. And he walks by me getting off the bus. He's like, wow, look at that. Glad you're not on TV tonight. So you just better have um, a thick skin when you're around Joe if you're going to do it. And the guy has periscoped or whatever it's called in this back to me saying I'm a dude. And that's what I figured. But that was kind of my joke um, along the way. So uh, someone just sent me a question about Quinn being coach of the year. I've always thought this is silly. Um, why do we care? I guess Quinn might. Maybe a bonus. Uh, but what would it take for Quinn to be coach of the year? I mean, I think we'd have to win 50, 52 games. I, uh, there's going to be some teams out there that have pretty good years. Uh, I actually almost kind of think coach of the year is going to go to Brad Stevens before the year and starts. It's almost as though uh, that is set. He, everyone's so in love with him. His team's going to be really good along the way. Do you think uh, Hood did the first game as sustainable for him this season? Well, if he takes five free throws, uh, Rodney took five free throws in the game the other night, and he only took five free throws in 14 of 79 games all of last year. So if he starts to average five free, three, free throws, or I'd like him to average six because then he's at five on off nights and seven, eight on other nights, then he absolutely can be an 18. His bell curve moves. You know, we've talked about this, the bell curve of a player, and that you just kind of have where your bell curve is. So he averaged 14 points a game, and that's where he most often was. But his bell curve was a little heavier to below nine than it was above 20. So what you'd like to see with Rodney is you have your bell curve and he just moves it and his middle becomes 16 his bottom becomes 12 and his top becomes 21 what you would like to also see is his bell curve becomes steeper and what I mean by that is Rodney's bell curve is pretty wide there's a lot of nights of zero or nine there's a few nights of 20 or over and there's and then there's the middle Uh, you're better off having that bell curve compact and have him at 16 points a night or 14 or 18 not seven or 26 the 26 makes us think he's great but the fact is it's a very unlikely way for you to be a consistent winning team. You're much better off if everybody's kind of got a narrower bell curve and you know exactly what they're going to do each and every day. Any more questions coming in on Lockdown NBA today? We'll have an interview with Kevin Pelton. I think most of you usually love those. This has been our first ever Periscope. Uh, Is the defense like the Trailblazers, the biggest threat to the Jazz making us go one-on-one? Yeah, I mean, or a trapping 
tenacious defense like Atlanta or Boston usually causes us some problems. That second question I didn't see uh, coming in. I, I think what's just going to be interesting is how we find the mismatches and how we keep going as we open the show. Everyone's got these superstars that are blowing people up, and we don't have that guy. And so how are we going to be able to be good offensively uh, without that? And then how are we going to be able to space the floor well enough uh, with our roster? Uh, do you think Dante will get more minutes at home versus road? I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea. Um, can Gail Miller take Bob Dylan's award? Uh, he won't go pick it up. Will Favors be back by the time we play the Spurs? We need him to match up with them. Maybe. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I Derek was very excited about how his workout went in Portland, and I'll be heading to practice today, and that'll give me uh, a better idea along the way. Uh, anyway, thank you very much. Appreciate you. Uh, are you concerned about – are you still concerned about the Spurs? No, I'm about to make a complete – ASS of myself in the podcast with Pelton because I talk about my concern for the Spurs and it will sound ridiculous after opening night. So, you know, we can all be wrong often. This has been a live Periscope Thursday edition brought to you by my friends of the Shamrock Auto Group. Check them out. Go Google them. Go down to Pleasant Grove. If you know someone who's in the market, go tell them to check out Shamrock Auto Group. Please, please, please support our Locked On Jazz sponsors. The show is free and we give it to you for 30 minutes and they are nice enough to sponsor it, so be a part of the family. And to our friends at Sherlock Intelligence, real intelligence for your business, mining data to find patterns, predict outcomes, and increase your profits. Go to SherlockIntelligence.com or call 855-339-7774. Friday edition, we'll preview the Laker game. Opener tickets are still available at UtahJazz.com. It's a blue out. Look forward to seeing you at the game. Have a great day. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.